we're called representatives for a reason. And the only way you can really represent people is to know what their concerns are, to listen to them. You know, sometimes, truthfully, you can't fix their problem for them, but you can certainly listen to them. Welcome to Creating Community with Dorian and Jake, a podcast designed to bring area leaders, business owners, and other interesting people together to better our community. I'm your co-host, Jake Starkey. And I'm your other co-host, Dorian Strickland. We're the owners of 1820 Coffee House and 1820 Marketing in the heart of Alvin, Texas, and we're excited to be back for season two of the podcast. Our goal with this podcast is to showcase the amazing people, businesses, and organizations we have in and around Brazoria County. So if you know someone we should highlight, please email us at info at 1820marketing.com. Today we are at Heights Baptist Church, and we appreciate them letting us come in and record. Emergence Functional Nutrition and the Alvin Manville Area Chamber of Commerce are sponsors for this podcast, and you can learn more about them later on in the show. If you're a first-time listener, we would love for you to subscribe to Creating Community on your favorite podcast app. Creating Community with Dorian and Jake is available wherever you get your podcast, or you can listen directly at 1820marketing.com slash podcast. In this episode, we are talking with Ed Thompson, State Representative for House District 29, which is basically the northern part of Brazorian County. He's been in public service for over 20 years in some form or fashion, and we're excited to have him on the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So we should say that you're here. We're interviewing you before you give a state of the state presentation for the chamber luncheon today. So before we get to all that, because there's lots to dig in, one thing that we can say is you're our favorite politician. <laughs> and not many people can say that they have a favorite politician. Sorry, Joel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. As I was going to say, you're going to get some, yeah, you're gonna gonna get some <laughs> flashback on that one. But I appreciate uh, how eager you are to serve the community. And I know Thank that you. obviously, hopefully everyone that's in public service has that desire. But I really see it come out through. Well, we see you at every event. You're kind of around everywhere. And if somebody needs to find you or locate you, I think they're able to do so. Right. Well, you know, my philosophy is we're called representatives for a reason. And the only way you can really represent people is to know what their concerns are, to listen to them. You know, sometimes, truthfully, you can't fix their problem for them, but you can certainly listen to them. And in a lot of cases, I always tell people, as a representative, I'm to some extent sort of a, a traffic cop. Um, I can direct them places. We had a gentleman in our office yesterday, and, and it was more of a federal issue than it was a, a state issue, but we were able to connect him with the folks at one of the congressman's offices, and and that's the sort of thing that we can do. Or Or we have issues with constituents that you know, it might be a state agency that they're, they really need to talk to someone at a state agency. And we have government relations peoples at sure. those state agencies that we can contact and put them in touch with. And then, you know, they can put them in touch with the, the right resource there at that agency to get them help. I mean, during the pandemic, we got a kind of fortunate that we, I'd say fortunate during a pandemic, there's not <laughs> much fortunate about that, but, right. but we were fortunate that we kind of set up a, a thing in our office to where when we got phone calls from people about their, their unemployment, that we were able to put together a list and send it to those government relations people at the workforce. And then they called the people on that list, you know, the next day or two, yeah. those people had been trying to call for days and you know you heard all the news stories about how people were well this got picked up by a local tv station and we started getting phone calls from 
El Paso and Plano. <laughs> and I mean, it was amazing. I had a lady come up to me and she said, oh, my, my brother lives in Livingston and you helped him and he tells everybody about you. So, I mean, just things like that, that you can, that you can do that really is the, the great part of this job is, you know, being able to, to help people be able to, to know that you were there when they were in there, they were in a situation where they didn't really know where to turn. You know, Jake and I, we're believers that we're not necessarily the people that can do things for the people, but right. we're that communicator, that go-between that can get sure. people connected with the right people. Sure. And it sounds like people in, certainly in your position, that that's really what your focus is on. Sure. Well, you know, we're in we're in session 140 days uh, every other year. Right. So most of our work is done in our district. Most of our do- work is done through constituent work and that sort of thing, uh, trying to help people and and, and go to events and to, to be right. there to listen to hear what people have concerns about and uh, that's our that's our that's our real job. Well, let's let's take a step back. Okay. You said twenty years, give or take, in different capacities. Mm-hmm. Did you grow up in the Pearland area? I didn't. I, I, I well, I grew up in this area in the Gulf Coast area. I grew up in in Laporte, Texas. Um, my father and mother moved there right after they got married, and my dad went to work uh, at a chemical plant, Dupont, over mm-hmm. in the Laporte area. So I was raised. It's really funny. I was raised in the very same house. You know, my mother and father lived there until they passed away. Uh, I went to Laporte schools from first grade to. Till I graduated, and then you know moved back there after I finished college, and uh, and lived in Laporte for a period of time. I worked for General Motors when I first got out of college, oh. and then I became a, a I had an opportunity to become a State Farm agent in Pearland in 1982, and so I I started that, and then moved to Pearland shortly after I opened my agency. So, so 1982 State Farm, and, and it does seem like insurance can be. Kind of the same thing it as is. far as helping people. <laughs> it is. I have a love-hate relationship with insurance. but uh, Everybody does. Yeah, everybody but, does. but he does use State Farm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everybody does. Everybody, and it's so funny to me that it's, you know, people will talk about, you know, how terrible, and but, but boy, when they have a claim and, you know, mm-hmm. there's a situation and you can help them through that, uh, you know, it, it really, it's gratifying. I mean, we've been through hurricanes and floods and all sorts of things and and you know to have people come in your office and and literally i mean have tears in their eyes and said you know if, if it hadn't been for y'all i don't know what i would have done so and it that, does seem like we're having more stuff every year yeah yeah well just you look at this these tornadoes that just hit you know kentucky and illinois and arkansas right. unbelievable the the devastation of that so uh yeah more and more it's it's definitely something that you don't want to have to have, but yet you also know you need to have. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. in 82, you moved to Pearland, mm-hmm. and then you lived there for a decade or so. And then in yeah. the mid-90s, you... Yeah. You know, out in Laporte, I was... We had a really good family friend who... my His son and I were good friends. We grew up together. And he was on the school board there in, in Laporte. And I always admired him from a standpoint of... Um, he was not very well, I'll use the word very well liked by a lot of people sometimes, but, but he was, he was very, um, he he was driven in the fact that he wanted a good education for kids. Mm. And, and so he was willing to take some pretty big licks, you know, from people about things that he really pushed 
there in in the Laporte School District, and uh, and and you know, I always admired that. I always admired the fact that you know he didn't get paid, he didn't have any other reason to do it other than the fact that he believed in public education. He believed in you know that public education was important for a community. It was important for kids in the community, but it was also important for their parents and the people, businesses and everything else, because we need an education. He realized, you know, we need an educated workforce. And so that was always kind of something that I always wanted to do. And so I ran for school board in in, uh, the mid-90s there in Pearland and won and served a three-year term. It was kind of funny. I, I lost a, that election, uh, my re-election, and some of it had to do with sort of what this friend of ours went through in the fact that we as a board were going through a lot of growth in in, in Pearland at the time, and we went out and purchased quite a bit of land. Pearland right. didn't really have any land. They right. only had about 13 acres of property. So we need, we knew that it was going to grow, and we needed more, uh, you know, we're going to need more land for schools, future schools. Well, there were a lot of people in town that thought we were just spendthrifts, that we were just wasting money and buying land. And so I ended up losing that election. I'm not going to say it was all because of that, but right. uh, uh, but but that was part of it, you know. And right. na- and now I look back and I think, you know, had it not been for that board and those that that land that we had purchased, um, where would Pearland? ISDB today, so much tougher spot for sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there, there are times when um, politically you have to take those difficult choices yeah. and make decisions that sometimes aren't always popular. But that's part of what you do. Yeah, that's the role of what you're exactly, there for, right? exactly. And and I've always said, you know, about anything, you know, I've got to get up in the morning and look myself in the mirror and. Uh, at the end of the day, I want to know I've done the right thing and that I've done my very best and that I've represented people to the best of my ability. Sure. And and at the end of it, you know, you, you stand there and say, hey, the people can say yet, yes or no to you, uh, and, and that's okay. Sure. That, that's really okay. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. So between that, I know you worked on city council you were a member of the Pearland EDC? Yeah, Economic Development Corps. Um, as well as? Chamber. The Chamber, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. Out of all those, those are all very local, right? Mm-hmm. They're all pretty much contained to the city you live in. Yeah. What was behind the decision to go for state legislature, which is mostly Pearland, but encompasses Pearland? Well, and now, and now it's a lot of Pearland, but back then Pearland wasn't nearly as big. It was getting there, but, right? Yeah, that, yeah that's true. Well, the Kind of going back to what you had said earlier about what, how I got to be a state or how I got interested in being a state legislator. In the insurance business, we were very involved in um, TWIA, which is the Texas Windstorm Insurance Agency. So a lot of my I was a lot of my time was spent going up to the legislature during my time oh. as a as an agent. I was a part of a group of guys that we were trying our best to work through some of the wind issues and some of the situations that we had down here in our area with the legislature. So I had spent a lot of time up in Austin during legislative sessions. And it was a very, it was always so intriguing to me and so interesting to me that, um, you know, these were regular, really, I will say this about the Texas legislature. It is a citizen legislature. You know, we all have, we only get paid $600 a month. So we, we all have to have jobs and or, right. or 
way to have an income. And, and yet you go up there and you see these people that, you know, are spending these hours upon hours upon hours working through legislative issues and working through situations that the state and has in the budget and the, through appropriations and all that. And uh, so it was something I always thought, wow, that, that would be a phenomenal opportunity to be able to do that. And when the opportunity came up, you know, I decided to, to run for the seat and I was very blessed to, to win and, and have been blessed to be able to serve. Yeah. This is the ending of my fifth term and yeah. I'm running for my sixth. Okay, for those that don't know, are there term limits for state representatives? No, there's not. Uh, now, we'll say this. When you have to run for re-election every two years, and, and you know, and after a session like we just had, we right. were there. Instead of 140 days, we were there for 227 right. days this last time. You know, that begins to, to term limit a lot of people. A lot of okay. people get to the point where they say, look, I— I, I can't continue. I have to make money. <laughs> well, and, and you know, it's it's. I don't think people really realize how how difficult this is on families. You know, I mean, I I've, I I don't have any children at home, but I serve with individuals that have kids at home, and and I mean, I had a, a young legislator that sat next to me when I first got elected, and you know, he was FaceTiming his kids at bedtime, and and I'm thinking. Golly, you know you're missing so much of yeah, these yeah. kids, and and his wife was having to raise three children while he was up there at the in the legislature, and and I think you know those are the sorts of things I don't think a lot of people think about the right. that yeah. that, and you know I'm not I'm not saying that from a standpoint of I there's no sympathy for that because we we signed up to do this, sure. and and so I'm not doing it from that standpoint, but. But I think that has a lot to do with why a lot of people do step down. And so, sure. uh, but there are no term limits uh, uh, yeah. other than just the physical and the mental part of it. That <laughs> yeah. You eventually get to the point where you say, okay, I've, uh, enough. Yeah. Well, here, we're going to take a quick break and talk to our sponsor or and hear from our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to dive in a little bit deeper into this last legislative session, kind of the nuances of it, as well as you have a fundraiser coming up. Right. <laughs> All right. Hi, this is Amy Shelton with Emergence Functional Nutrition. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are you looking for a sustainable diet and lifestyle changes to get you to the place where you want to be? I invite you to book a free discovery session. Go to www.efn.fit. Hi, this is Carrie Perrin, President and CEO of the Alva Manville Area Chamber of Commerce. Here at the Chamber, we want to support local businesses. We want to give you visibility in the community. We want to give you opportunity in the community. And for those of you that aren't business owners, we want to let you know about all our wonderful Chamber members. And if you support them, you support our community. So remember, whether you're a business or a community member, when you eat, shop, play, and support local business, you support the community. And we're back with Ed Thompson, state representative for House District 29. So here's a question that I have. A lot of people assume, like you said, traffic cop, you know, that's, your, that's how you kind of consider your role. What's one thing that people get wrong about what you do? Uh, good question. Wow. Um, as far as what you're... 
it, your boundaries scope. are. Yeah, what you're able to do versus what oh, in reality. Oh, yeah. That's huge. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I get phone calls from people about uh, my ditch out here needs to be cleaned out. You know, <laughs> so uh, I think there's a lot. Uh, I think, you know, it's so funny. People will come into my office and they'll, they'll, they'll refer to me as congressman. Okay. And, you know, and they'll, well, how are things up in Washington, D.C.? And so there's. Don't know. Haven't been there. Yeah, that's what's <laughs> Well, I don't know. Well, <laughs> but Austin but, a lot. Right. Yeah. So I think to some extent there's somewhat of a, just a confusion among people about, because we're representatives just like they refer to the, con, you know, Congress is the house of representatives sure. there. So th- there's somewhat of a confusion there. So boundary-wise, I don't look at this from a standpoint of, seeing boundaries I, I really don't in fact sometimes I guess that can kind of get me in trouble uh, because I do try my best to help people right and when you do that sometimes you might step on some toes you know with folks uh, you know when I call an ISD and they're a little bit upset about the fact that I'm involved the in the situation you know. is calling them? yeah sure. yeah yeah uh, I, I'll never forget uh, I, we had a situation in our over in Pearland we had a little summer storm that came through and the assisted living facility over there, they lost their power about two o'clock in the afternoon and they were told it'd be back on around five thirty. And so uh, they called me at home. One of the ladies that lived there had my phone number and she called me and she said, we don't have our power. And so, you know, they were supposed to be here at five thirty and fix it. And yada, you know, so I, I well, this got, is important. Yeah. yeah oh yeah, gosh, yeah. there were people over there that that, yeah. that were on oxygen They're machines, and it, yeah. yeah, it it was scary. Yeah. So um, I got my truck and drove over there, and um, oh boy, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had corporate people on the phone. What are you doing there? Why are you there? Yeah. I said, look, oh. I, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on and how I can help. And you know, I got a hold of some people that I. Some of the government relations people with Centerpoint, sure. and long story short, you know, we got the power back on, uh, and then that ended up leading to a piece of legislation that I carried that was going to require assisted living facilities to have a backup generator. Oh yeah, uh, because they're not required to have that. And oh, wow. yeah, I know. And so anybody out there who's got elderly parents that you're thinking about them going to an assisted living facility. You need to check and make sure that that facility has that because it can really be a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, right. uh, for for folks, if something were to happen, um, and we didn't we didn't get that legislation passed, we'll we'll address that again this again this time. Later. Oh yeah, we will. We will. We'll keep working on that because it's so important. But but that's the sort of thing sometimes that I don't see boundaries, but a lot of other people you know kind of do, and that sure. they 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 somewhat think right. I'm there to to cause them problems. I really, I really wasn't there to do that. I was yeah. there to try and help. Sure. You know, you mentioned earlier that people think that you're in Washington, D.C. or you're part of the swamp. <laughs> okay. I wasn't going to say that, but okay. Yeah. So what kind of a relationship do you have without saying any names? What kind of relationship do you have with those that are in Washington, D.C. versus those that are in the state? Very good. I'm, we are, we're very, very blessed. We've got some some great congressional folks. You know, Pete Olson, we had a great yep. relationship with his office when he was there. Troy Nails, right. the same way. Randy Weber. I mean, I actually replaced Randy. Randy was the state rep here in District 29 prior to me. Gotcha. And so I've known Randy for okay. years. And, and so we've got a great relationship with his office as well. There will be a new 
congressional district drawn or this the redraw will encompass part of Pearland, and that'll be Al Green's um, yep. yeah. district. So I don't have a relationship with Congressman Green, but I'm going to do my best to try and establish Forge one. Sure, sure. Yeah. because I think it's important that. Um, I work closely with those folks because that's what's best for my constituents. You know, yeah, that's right. what's that's Absolutely. what's best for them. And with the redistricting, have, has your district changed any? It did. I ended up, if you go back to before redistricting, House District 25, which is the southern part of Brazoria County, yeah. uh, Cody Vasud is the representative there. He had Matagorda County. Well, oh. in the yeah you know, in the redistricting because Brazoria County had grown. They, he lost Matagorda County, so we had to split Brazoria County in gotcha. two. So I ended up having to lose about 40,000 right. constituents wow. in that redistrict. Yeah, so I lost a, a portion of my old district, and so we had to swing things kind of around to, to make it work population-wise and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just part of the, that redistricting that occurs every 10 years, especially with the growth that, that we've seen here uh, yeah. in the metropolitan. I mean, if you look at the I-35, which is a corridor between Dallas and Laredo, basically the, the road that right. runs, or the highway interstate that runs there, 85% of the population lives south of that or east right. of that. You know, So most of the population is in, the growth is in this area, sure. in the metropolitan areas. And yeah. so we're seeing a tremendous amount of growth in Manville and Iowa Colony and Alvin's growing. Right. Uh, Pearland's filling in, you know, some of its spots that, I mean, it's pretty much, I don't want to use the word completely built out, but it's pretty much built right. out. So there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot more growth coming to this area. And those are the things that we have to, you know, we have to address and talk about as well. And so one of the things you say when you would have to address it is you address it by going to Austin every two years. And you said 140? <laughs> Do you think let's let's take the the chaos of this last time out? Do you do you think it would be better if it was every year, seventy days every year, or something like that, versus every two years? It, I'm I'm curious if you think that you can get the things accomplished as you want to get accomplished only being there every two years. And you're in a six year term, is that right? No, two years. Two year term. Two right. year term. Two year term. Yeah. Like once during your term. Yeah. So you basically what you do is in the odd year you go up and serve, and in the even year you come back to get reelected. So. Yeah. You're constantly in that that mode, if you will. Um, You know, there's been discussion around that. I mean, the other thing is constitutionally, we can't pass any legislation for the first 60 days of a legislative session. Uh, And this goes back to the the horse and buggy days when, you know, the legislature Uh had to get there and they had to get set up and everything had to get done. So, So it was really a way to prevent anyone from being able to jump the gun on on people and so they basically said you know you can't you can't pass any legislation in those first 60 days so really we do everything we do everything in about 80 days and yeah if we could if we could actually get that first 60 days if we said look we can start immediately that would that would be helpful and then also if we could do uh the budget in the even year and then yeah. you know do the you know come back in the odd year and do your yeah. your legislation that would be also i think uh, somewhat helpful in being able to get more well 
I guess some people would say, well, we want you there. I, I laughed and, you know, somebody said, you know, you're there every two years for 140 days. We wish you were there two days every 140 years. So, <laughs> you know, so a lot of people don't know that, don't think we're, we, we, we when we're there, you know, it's nothing but trouble. So I, I guess it depends on how you look at it. But there's still a lot of work to do in a state with coming up on 30 million people. Yeah, right. I mean, trying to do everything we need to do in that period of time is is difficult. And when you're there, you're there for the entire time, right? You're not – I mean, you might be taking breaks on the weekends to come sure. home, but you're you're there Monday through Friday, so it's not like you're going up there for three hours in a day and then leaving. No, no, yeah. No, we're, we have to find a place to live there, and, you know, so we're, we're there full-time that 140 days – um, but you, like you said, we come back and forth. I mean, I, I, I mean, literally run out of the Capitol, jumped in my truck and drove home to get to an event here in right. the district. You know, there's a, a chamber of commerce banquet or something. And I'm, I'm driving, you know, back to get to that. Yeah. And then, so most of my weekends are spent going to events to go so I can, you know, because well, I want people to be able to see me and know that I'm, still around and you well, know, and yes, when you walk in people see you you're tall yeah. enough that people can see you right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for those that that haven't met you you're you're a you're a tall gentleman yeah so and yeah. i i will say that i'm surprised at how often i see you at different events i mean it's for somebody that doesn't know a state representative and how much they show up you're very active in the local communities well, one of the things, and it's kind of funny when I first ran for this office, being from Pearland, there were a lot of people in Alvin and Manville that thought, "Yeah, he's not going to show up." You know, he doesn't right. need to, he doesn't need to show up for us. You know, he can sure. just he can just take the votes up in Pearland and and win these elections and not have to to service. And I told him, "Look, I'm I'm going to serve everybody in this district. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna treat everybody in this district just like." everybody else. So I have purposely, you know, tried my best to be in at these events in Alvin and Manville. And I mean, just small community Liverpool. I mean, I go down to Liverpool and, and, and go to events there. I go to to try my best to help them with issues they have down there. Uh, And, and so I've got a great relationship with the mayor down there and, and, and it didn't start out that way, you know, I mean, you know, but, but after time, I mean, we, we, we really, really, really worked at trying to establish those relationships and build that trust. I I think that's the most important thing is, is that people begin to trust you. They begin to say, you know, I, I really had my doubts about him or I didn't like him at first, or I didn't think he was going to do what he said he was going to do. But now I have a lot of people that are my biggest cheerleaders that uh, yeah. that weren't my sure. weren't my fans. At well, the, it in takes the time to build that trust. Too. It does, sure. it does, and I was very patient with that. I didn't, you know, I didn't get upset about that. I didn't, you know, I said, look, it, I'm willing to put in the work to to build right. this trust to 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 make you understand that I'm there for you and I'm I'm going to work with you and I'm going to help you. Uh, I'm a phone call away and. You know, and and I've had phone calls like that from people that were, like I said, they were not my biggest fans, but now they call me and ask me, you know, questions, and and I'm there for them. Last question I have for somebody that is newly running for an office, whether it's congressman or representative, what is the one piece of advice you would give to them at this point? You have to be a person of your word. If you tell somebody something, then that's that's what you have to do. I think 
integrity is more important than anything. And for people to know that if you tell them something, you know, you're going to do it. That's where a lot of cases I've had people that have said, well, I've called so-and-so's office and they never will call me back or they never will follow up with me or they never will. That is one thing I just, you can ask my staff. I mean, you want to get on my bad side, let me get a phone call like that. I I don't want that at all. I want people, even if I can't help them, I want them to know we we're reaching out. We, we, we respond to pretty much everything by letter, by phone call, by, I mean, they get a touch from us on everything because I just think it's important that I do my job. Right. I said I was going to do my job and I'm doing my best to do my job. I think that is a great piece of advice for not just somebody running for office, but for anybody in business or sure. Yeah. Well, these days. I, sadly, it's something that we're, we see, I don't want to use the word less of, but I, mean, right. I think at times there, there's this convenience, a thing of, uh, you know, well, I'm not going to do that because it's not going to make me money or it's not going to be good. I'm going to have to spend a lot of time doing this and I don't want to use the, take the time to, but if you tell somebody you're going to do something, you then yeah, you do it. Agreed. Yeah. And, and so as we wrap up, we want to let people know that if they want to, if they have something, they need to reach out to you, that the best way, <laughs> the best way is to email the district office. And we're going to point this out because I, I know from any number of things that people will post off to Facebook. And while you try to catch it all, you don't always catch it all. And it's not for lack of trying, but if you, if you have a need, social media is not the place to, to reach out. And so the district office's email is district29, that's 29.thompson at house.texas, spelled out, dot gov. District29.thompson at house.texas, dot gov. That way, that can get into your system and your, your team can work through it and make sure that you're followed up and everything well, that you and, spoke about. You know, if somebody's got an issue, they call me on, you can call me on my cell phone. Let's don't give that out right now. It's 281-734-9856. Fantastic. And if you, I mean, if you really need some help and you're, you don't know where else to turn, uh, don't, I I don't have a problem with people calling me and, you know, I don't see it as a bother. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm bothering you. You're not bothering me. This is my job, but this is what I signed up to do. and, And I can't do it. You know, I always tell people, the one thing I always say is, I don't know what I don't know. Right. And, and, you know, people will come to me and start launch, they'll launch into me about something and I'll go, I I didn't, I I don't have a clue what you're talking about. I don't know. I don't anything about that. So I would say that to, to anyone that's listening out there before you launch into a politician about what they're not doing, have the, have the courtesy to call them and, and give them a chance most of them are going to want to try their best to, they, at least they want to hear what your what your concerns are. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast the other day from an old congressman, and he said this lady got up at a town hall meeting and raised her hand and said, I know this is probably a stupid question, but, and he said that question led to a bill that President Reagan signed into law. Wow. Yeah. Quote-unquote stupid question. Quote-unquote stupid question. I, I always heard the only stupid question is the one you didn't ask. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much, uh, Representative Thompson, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you. 
if you're inter- if someone is interested in sponsoring creating community we'd love to talk to you our goal is to reach our community and let them know about great leaders and businesses that are helping to make it better if you want to be a part of that please email us at info at 1820marketing.com to start the conversation speaking of sponsorships thank you to emergence functional nutrition and the alvin manville area chamber of commerce for sponsoring this show learn more about them at efn.fit and alvinmandelchamber.org. Thank you to Heights Baptist Church for letting us come in and record. Creating Community with Dorian and Jake is produced by 1820 Marketing and is available wherever you get your podcasts. Show notes and more are available at 1820marketing.com slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in and we'll be back next week.